Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to worship today. Uh, the Mystery Prelude was sponsored by Tom and Brenda Boyce and was music, a song uh, composed by Sue Sack. She did sing it once at church many years ago. And uh, as I understand, the microphones weren't working and probably nobody heard it. But Tom and Brenda Boyce sponsored that today. We received new members today, which was perfect because Tom and Brenda and Sue, please stand up, are all celebrating 50 years today of joining Redeemer. <laughs> and Thanksgiving this week, we have Thanksgiving Eve at 7 p.m. and Thanksgiving morning at 9 a.m. Also, the Advent's around the corner, and we always like to have families or individuals take turns of lighting the Advent wreath. If you'd like to sign up for that, that would be great. Also, for Christmas Eve, we still need a St. Lucia girl for the 4 o'clock service, and we also need a ringer for the 10 and 4 o'clock service. And just a little plug, our early service is at 10 a.m. with candles, uh, but there is breakfast with Santa after that. And even if you don't have kids, you're more than welcome. It's a wonderful event. It's great to see all the kids. The Angel Tree is now up. For 30 years, we have been in partnership with Grace Centers of Hope. And uh, you can grab a tag and find a gift for an individual that their name is on the tree. That would be good. Also, we welcome the 20 to 35 Church Friends group that's sitting in the balcony. And don't forget there's lunch after this. And our food drive, it was a competition between the congregation and West Maple Nursery School. And they took it in and weighed it. The congregation brought 817 pounds of food. West Maple brought 1,000. So you're a bunch of losers. <laughs> we rise. thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give Yeah, man. 
We make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray thee thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I assure you all of your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Invite the children forward. Welcome to Name Tag Sunday. Isn't that a great idea? We're going to do it twice a year when we receive new members. Now, this wasn't my idea. My wife, years ago, told me to do this. It just took me many years to implement it, okay? <laughs> Names are important, right? Yeah, that's how people know you. Uh, uh, my family, um, not very creative in the name department. My dad's name, Reinhold. Good German name. People called him at work Reiny. Uh, others called him Ron. He's my old man, so I called him Dad. And then my mom, Geraldine, everybody calls her Jerry. Well, guess what? My sister's name is Jerry. My oldest brother's name, Ronnie. My next brother, Ricky. Do you see the trend here? Ours. And my dad wanted to call me Rudolph which then I'd be called Rudy, but my mom didn't like that. She said, Randy, and that's who I am. You know, God knows our names. In Luke, Jesus said, Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Isaiah, but now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Jesus knows your names. Jesus also said the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That's what a great relationship we have with Jesus. We know his name, he knows ours. 
So today you're going to get a little, little button, and it's really an Easter button, but every Sunday is a little Easter at Redeemer at every church, and we're celebrating Jesus, our Redeemer, today. I want to thank you for coming up. Are they going in the basement? Basement. Testament reading for today is taken from the book of Job, chapter 19, verses 23 through 27. Oh, that my words were recorded, that they were written on a scroll, that they were inscribed with an iron tool on lead or engraved in rock forever. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Here ends the Old Testament reading. The epistle reading for today is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more, then, will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from the acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Here ends the epistle reading. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Our Holy Gospel reading this morning is from John 3, verses 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light 
and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Here ends our holy gospel reading. continue and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for our sin, for our salvation, came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost, the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified on the cross of us by the Pontius He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand. Please be seated.
grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Name Tag Sunday. You know, it serves one purpose. We welcome 21 new members today. That's great. It serves another. How often uh, you'll walk away from coffee hour and you'll say to your spouse or the person you're with, you know, I've talked to that person for five years now and I can't remember their name. (laughs) Names are important. Church names are important. I remember somebody once left their keys behind. It was to a BMW. And I held them up in church to see if anybody claimed them and said it was fitting, a BMW, because we are a Lutheran church of the Beamer. <laughs> Some funny church names, real churches, Country Club Christian Church. It doesn't sound like they're going to get a lot done there. Original Church of God, number two. Faith Free Lutheran, sounds like sugar free. I bet they lack conviction. Little Hope Baptist Church. (laughs) Greater Second Baptist Church. Well, is there a lesser Baptist church around the corner? Flippin' Church of God. James Bond United Community Church. Shaken, not stirred. Martini Lutheran Church. I love dirty martinis. Lover's Lane Episcopal Church. Hell Wedding Chapel. It's in Hell, Michigan. Boring United Methodist Church. How'd you like to go there? My favorite and last one, Battleground Baptist Church. Aren't all churches a battleground? (laughs) We're Redeemer. It's a great name. You know, I served the first call with St. John's. My vicarage church called St. John's. Good name. Um, But you know what? Redeemer says so much more. Especially as our culture is is really getting disconnected with Scripture and the knowledge of Scripture. I I did a favor for a funeral home, did a funeral, met with the family, and they were on church. And I said, would you like me to read Psalm 23? They didn't know what it was. Didn't know Psalm 23. There's something about the word Redeemer. Everybody loves a redemption story. And Redeemer is such a powerful name. We had, I came up with this design for stoles. They were meant just for the sons of the congregation who were ordained. They can be worn at any church season. They bear all the colors. The names of God are all over this stole. But there's one name that goes in a different direction. Always to remind that son of the congregation where he came from. Redeemer. Redeemer is a powerful name. Over 400 times in the Old Testament you hear Redeemer, Redemption, or some form of it. In Exodus 6, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out under from the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. Redeem. You know, what an image... This, this whole story is an image, really, that talks about the New Testament. We're in bondage. We're in bondage to sin. Christ redeems us as he led them to the promised land. He promises us a promised land. If you look at Leviticus 25, God lays down these rules, regulations, really creating the culture and society for the people. 
And redeem, that word is used often in the code God gives. Let's say you fell on hard times and you had some property. You could sell it. But once you had enough money, you could redeem it. You had rights to it. You could buy it back. You could even sell yourself into slavery if you were that difficult of times. And once you accumulated the money, you could buy your freedom, redeem yourself. In Exodus 13, redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. You wanted to keep that firstborn donkey, you had to sacrifice a lamb. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. You had to redeem your son with a lamb. You can see the foreshadowing of Christ. Jesus himself, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. In Colossians 1, for he has created us from the dominion, he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 2, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Now, we still may have that fear of death. But you know what Scripture is telling us. We know where we're going. We've been redeemed. Paul says, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. 1 Peter 1, for you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life. Not silver and gold, but the precious blood of Christ, our Redeemer, who bought us back from sin who overcame Satan for us, and the victory is his. I love our Old Testament lesson for today. The book of Job is, is such a great book. By the way, it is the first book of the Bible written. You're not going to find it at the beginning, but it is the oldest book. It is written before Moses. It is written before Abraham. There is no such thing as a Jewish nation at this time. That will come later. But Job has a great, in-depth understanding of who God is. Now, Job was very wealthy. In those days, your wealth was measured by the animals you owned, the cattle and all that. He was very wealthy. And he had children and a wife. Things were good. One day, Satan came into God's presence and said, look at that earth. Is there anybody that loves you and fears you? God says, have you considered my servant Job? He's a pretty good dude. When Job is described in the book, we hear the word blameless, upright, feared God, turned away from evil. His faith was strong. Satan says, let me tell you, God, you take away the hedge you put around him. You take away his wealth. You let some calamity come into his life, he'll curse you. Now, God's not in the business of that. But he tells Satan he can do some bad things. Martin Luther would remind us, Satan is always God's devil. He's always limited by the power that God allows him to have. And so Satan brought some pretty bad things in the Job's life. And one day he lost all his wealth and he lost all his children. I can't imagine. And yet the book records that he said, Naked I came into this world, naked I'll leave. The Lord gives, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He was still faithful. 
Again, Satan went up to God and said, Ah, God, okay. I was wrong. You take away his health, he'll curse you. God said, I'm not taking away his health, but I'll allow you. He got an awful skin disease. It was awful. And he falls into some depression, some sadness. He's questioning God. I, I can understand that. He has three friends that come to comfort them, but they're not much comfort. Basically, they tell Job, there must be a hidden sin in your life, and God is punishing you for it. You know, sometimes our mind goes that way, doesn't it? Tragedy hits. Eventually, our minds turn to God. God, what did I do? Are you punishing me? God does not punish his people. He punished Christ in your place. Hebrews makes it very clear God disciplines. Like a parent disciplining a child, raising that child to know right and wrong, raising that child to, to live a life that is, is safe. And maybe in times when God sees that our life, our journey is going off the path, and ultimately we could lose our faith and lose our eternity, God might, like a parent, send discipline into our life so that he doesn't lose us to his eternity. Job, he struggles with God. It's all right to struggle with God. In chapter 9, he says, He is not a mere mortal like me that I may answer him, that we might confront each other in court. You can see he's a little upset with God. If only there were someone to mediate between us, someone to bring us together, someone to remove God's rod from me so that this terror would frighten me no more. He's saying, if I had somebody to talk to God. Listen to this, this is interesting. Job 16. Even now my witness is in heaven, my advocate is on high. Who is that? My intercessor is my friend as my eyes pour out tears to God. He's talking about God the Father. He's struggling with God the Father. He's, his tears go toward God the Father. But he says, I have a friend. Who is that friend? On behalf of a man, he pleads with God as one pleads for a friend. Could Job be talking about Jesus Christ? Is he not labeled in his ministry the friend of sinners? Does he not stand before the Father's throne now, even if God would be tempted to look at my sin? Father, look at, look at the holes in my hands. Look at my side. I paid the price for Randy. And that's the same for you. Job has a great understanding of God. And it's the earliest first book of the Bible written. Obviously, God had revealed himself somehow, some way, that Job had this great understanding. I love our reading for today. Oh, that my words were recorded, that they were written on a scroll, that they were inscribed with an iron tool on lead or engraved in a rock forever. Has not that come true for Job? His words engraved in the rock of Scripture. Throughout the centuries. 
You know, Job just wanted, to, just wanted to have his day in court. He wanted to talk to God. And you know what? God grants it. You gotta, if, especially if you're struggling, read the book of Job. I'll paraphrase it. God sees Job. Job's in the throne room. Job, good to see you. How you been? I understand you have some questions for me. I'd love to answer them, Job. But first answer me these questions. Roll up your sleeves, Job, and answer me like a man. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, Job, certainly you know. God fires question after question to Job that cannot be answered by humankind. And after that, Job is silent. He says, who am I to speak? Who am I to understand God and the way he deals with me? You know, Job's, Job's words, his story, have comforted and been an inspiration for centuries comforting us in our darkest hour, reminding us God has a plan. We don't know the plan. Job doesn't realize behind the cosmic curtain there's a sort of a chess game going on between God and Satan. God's going to win, and Job's going to come out shining bright. But he doesn't understand. And he would not understand the purpose of his story really until he got to hell. And the same with us. But Job learned to trust, and all things worked out better. Sometimes we don't know what's happening in our lives. Sometimes we struggle with God. Sometimes we think, is God punishing me? That is a wrong thought. It's good to wrestle with God. It's good to wrestle with, in prayer. Maybe, like Job's friends, maybe somebody's telling you something wrong that you're being punished by your god you know what job's wife told him are you still maintaining your integrity curse god and die maybe somebody's telling you to throw in the towel your life's in a whirlwind like job and you don't know what to do and people around you are saying why do you believe in that god look at how miserable your life is look at all the challenges look at all the struggles Job had no idea of how his life would inspire and comfort others. And it's the same with you. And there are a few here at Redeemer. They're an inspiration to me of how they go through their challenges and struggles. And maybe you're inspiring somebody else. Job continues with the words that inspired our sermon hymn. I know that my Redeemer lives. And that in the end they will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes and not another. How my heart yearns within me. So often we hear people say, the resurrection's a New Testament concept. No, we find it. We find it in the oldest book of the Bible. Job knew of a redeemer. Is that the advocate Christ he was talking about? He knew about a promise of a Messiah that would redeem him. The word here, redeem, could mean defender, protector, vindicator. And he knew one day he would be vindicated. You're not being punished for your sin. 
if somebody's telling you or you're thinking to yourself, throw in the towel on the whole faith thing, don't. Get on your knees and wrestle with God. And know that ultimately he's in control. Also, I hope, whenever you read the name of this church or speak it, it's a word filled with meaning. It's a redemption story that you are reminded that you were not bought with gold or silver, but the precious blood of God himself, Jesus our Redeemer. In his name, amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We rise to sing the offertory. It's a new horizon, and I'm set on you. 
Let us pray. Dear Lord, we give thanks for our new members and that they have chosen to join us here at Redeemer. We pray that they, with your help and guidance, grow in love and strength here. Please watch over them, protect them, and strengthen their faith in them. Today we pray for those with health concerns, Jim and Anita Terry, Mike, Richard Bergstrom, Denise Robinson, John Wardland, Paul O'Brien, Howard, Scott Parrish, Rick and Carol Warnicki, Russ Swanson, Brian Leahy, Tony Kernett, Mary Ann, Joe Legault, Ron Ging, Bob, Izzy Sherman, and Janelle Thorne. 
We pray for those in hospice care, Dan Hildebrandt, Linda Boyce, and Etta Unruh. Prayers of special petitions, please watch over the people of Israel during this time of war. We pray for all those serving in the military, police, and firefighters, for all world leaders to be receptive to godly counsel, and for all those suffering from other health concerns. Prayers of thanksgiving today for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, our sanctuary altar flowers placed by Margaret Long. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord with you always.
rise. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant to you his peace. Mm -hmm.